Right, 11.03 here, uh, good old New Zealand, and we had a pretty average time of it with our sport over the weekend, uh, with our cricket teams being uh, absolutely dealt to. Uh, and our very favourite, Black Fern Sevens team, uh, smashed uh, in the final by Australia, and Australia have now won that Dubai tournament uh, four times in a row, which is quite extraordinary. Um, and, of course, the Australian Golf Open was on, and uh, there's been uh, one or two issues around the cricket side of things as well. Uh, and uh, Andrew Voss is uh, with us, is pleased to say, uh, out of Australia. Vossy, good morning to you. In fact, uh, we didn't have Andrew Voss. We just lost him. So we'll get him back, hopefully, very quickly. And uh, we'll see the boys uh, dialing frantically to try and get back through again. A um, number of issues to talk to Vossy about, including uh, movements in uh, the NRL as well. So Vossi's there. Uh, good morning to you, Andrew. Thank you very much Hello. for your time. No problem, Smithy. Great to, great to chat. Great to be back on the program. Um, yeah, it's a real smoker sport of sport at the moment, isn't it? Take your pick. Mm. Doesn't mean that you're going to have wins, but uh, you've got plenty of sport to pick from. Well, Australian Golf Open, let's uh, start with that, was um, uh, by looking at the crowds, etc. I imagine the ratings were pretty good on telly as well. Um, very, very successful event um, over the weekend. What did you make of that in the dual f- format with the men's and the women's? Yeah, not, not look, I heard mixed um, reaction just from a spectator point of view. And look, if, if you ever go down that line in New Zealand of dual courses, there was some criticism that on the early days where the lakes was being used and the Australian was the course for the weekend, but the lakes didn't... The, the fans who turned up on Thursday and Friday, the facilities there weren't up to the standard of what was at the Australian. Well, you can't do that. If you're playing at both courses, you've got to surely uh, provide the same, you know, amenities and facilities and extras. So that was the first thing. Um, they're two brilliant courses, Smithy, um, the Australian and the Lakes. And certainly, they were turned out beautifully, um, you know, and the wind got up as well. So a real test for the golfers. Uh, and then the end result, I've got to be honest, I've got to put hand on heart. Um, I was a little flat because an Australian wasn't involved in the finish. Um, you know, they all had their chances. Minwoo Lee and Adam Scott, Cameron Davis early. Um, Lucas Herbert, but they all fell by the wayside. But to, to have a playoff and then be one with an eagle, um, yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. Great entertainment. It was, it was great entertainment. And what about this dynasty now, which is clearly developing now that uh, Min Woo Lee has really hit his straps Ooh, yeah. uh, with the Lee family? This is an amazing story. Yeah, well, Min Ji Lee started um, the last round in the women's uh, seven strokes off the lead. In fact, the whole tournament was great. In the women's side of things, we had a 16-year-old schoolgirl in year 10, not year 11 or year 12. She's year 10. She's got two and a half years of school to go. Um, she led after the first day. So, um, yeah, no, the, uh, uh, on Minwoo Lee, uh, you know, fan, fantastic talent, quite obviously. Um, different character. We had um, his coach on, uh, or their coach on, um, on our breakfast program uh, a little over a week ago. And they are very different characters, brother and sister. But in Minwoo Lee, I think there is the whole package there, Smithy. I think, wind the clock forward 10 years on this segment, if we're both still on air, Smithy, if they're still putting up with us, we might be having this segment talking about Minwoo Lee again. I mean, I think he's here to say, I think he's the real deal, and I think he's the, real, he's the, he's the full package when it comes to personality as well. So... In terms of uh, personalities, the fortnight for Cameron Smith, how have you looked at that? Yeah, been interesting. Well, well, I must say the failure of the previous week just was completely out of the blue. I mean, 
whether you know whether you're a fan of live golf or not, one thing about Cameron Smith's golf, whatever tournament he's in, is incredibly consistent. He just doesn't seem to have a bad round in him, but he did the previous week and he was rattled by it. There's no question he was rattled by that. And so he's, you know, it's, it's not a bad finish, but he never threatened. He was still a major draw card and there were plenty, you know, going along to watch him play. Um, I'm certainly not getting off the Cameron Smith bus. I think I, I also feel he's the real deal. I mean, this is a great time for Australian golf. Um, you know, mm. some signs this year that Jason Day has overcome some injuries. You know, Adam Scott showed us enough over the weekend that he's still in the mix as he gets on in years. And, and now the emergence of players like Minwoo Lee. I mean, Lucas Herbert's a terrific player um, and, and has had great success on the American Tour and there's others. So a really good period for Australian golf. And let's hope that... Ter- and, but with golf, isn't it right, Smithy? Everything is um, basically gauged by major success. So we need an Australian next year to win, to win a major. Well, that would be nice if it's not a, uh, Australian. Let's uh, look at perhaps Ryan Fox winning it. That would be quite nice. Uh, he's going okay. Yeah, but, hey, but think about when Michael Campbell won as well. You know, it, that, it is. It mm. does bring those um, that don't follow the sport closely. It, mm. it puts that sport back on the stage if you win a major, and that'll never change. Absolutely. Hey, um, Mitchell Johnson. Uh, not for the first time, I think. Mitchell Johnson coming out firing off his long run uh, at David Warner. What did you make of, of this little spat? Really strong, really strong commentary by Mitchell Johnson in a column. Now, there's lots of way to look at it. First of all, if you're hired to be an opinion piece writer, then you, your modus operandi is to get reaction, okay? So you've got to make bold statements. Mitchell Johnson has gone to town in his, really. The focus on Sandpaper Gate and you're not warranting a, a farewell and all that. I think if Mitchell Johnson had have just limited... Uh, I think any discussion around Dave Warner at the moment should be limited to form, to be perfectly frank. Mm-hmm. And over a long period, you know, he's averaging low 20s um, if you take his double 100 out of the play. So have we got a better six batsman that doesn't feature Dave Warner. Can Australia put up a stronger batting lineup that doesn't feature Dave Warner? And I say they can, Smithy. So it's really up to the selectors whether they want to be loyal. Um, forget the sandpaper gate and the farewell. He shouldn't have one and all of that. I'm just saying based on cricketing form and numbers, I think we can come up with a better six batsman um, and Warner doesn't have to be part. So come back to so- that. Okay, so what I'm thinking here, he wants to say goodbye in Sydney, which is uh, yep. his wish, which is test match number three of the season. So are they going to allow him four failures um, to get to that point? Well, that's right. Well, that's right. That's what people are saying on our open line all morning. The best barometer mm. of the pub test is is our open line on SEN across both sides of the Tasman. Like, so sorry. <laughs> How can you just say, well, well, if the selectors go along with that, what? So we just it, he, he he plays the first two test matches pressure free. Like it doesn't matter what he does, he could go zero 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 and still get the third test farewell. Man, surely that cannot be how it works. Surely not. That's it's very very interesting actually, and and obviously sandpaper gate to some people is still. Uh, pretty raw for one, a better for one of a better word. But here's um, uh, here's the thing for me: How will Warner say he does get his farewell at the SCG? Yeah. How will he be remembered by the average Australian at this point? After I mean, let's fair be fair, 
been a hell of a career. If you take if you take the crap out of it, it's it, over a long period of time. It's yeah. been a hell of a career. <laughs> oh, he could, he, yeah, and he's been, like just brilliant to watch when he could. You know, there, there could be a day where everyone's struggling, and he comes out and just you know blitzes the bowling attack for a session. You know, and takes <laughs> takes a game out of another team's control or you know out of their grasp. You know, fantastic, but. The enormity of that story, uh, and in these days where you can Google anything, the sandpaper gate never goes away. So, and and I, look, even if the full story was told, does it go away? No, it doesn't. It, it's there. It is part and parcel of the career of Dave Warner. It is attached to the career of Dave Warner forevermore. So, you know, I'm, you know with, with, with no apology, that, that, that is the way it is. So, mm. and when you say it still cuts deep with people, it does. It's never stopped on out again. I bring the text line of SEN, the great barometer. Mm. It has never gone away. There are those that this morning, like I'll give you an example of a text, Dave Warner can get stuff. People, are, you know what I mean? Like people still harbour this absolute um, opinion, that absolutely emphatic, that that was a great wrong and should not have been invited back just about to the fold. So, you know, and, and their, their opinion is not going to be changed. You know, we're five years on and people are still carrying that opinion. So it's mm. not going to be if there is a third test farewell and a Sydney farewell. You know, Dave has to appreciate there's going to be those out there that aren't exactly, you know, patting him on the back and giving him a standing ovation. That is the way it is. Right. Let's get on to some uh, um, winter code uh, if we could, and particularly looking at this uh, interesting tackle heights rule from Rugby Australia. Now, Phil War is, of course, the incoming CEO. He's had a very busy time of it, change of personnel all around him. But what he has decided, along with his um, his advisors, is the sternum height for tackling in rugby union at all levels below Super Rugby. So, what have you made of that decision? Look, I, look on the face of it, I don't like it. First of all, I've got to say. When you're saying that, I think officiating the sports of rugby union, rugby league, whatever, it's a hard enough job as it is. I, if you're saying that above the sternum becomes dangerous, hitting blokes in the head, neck and head has always been outlawed. You know, like it, it's never been a case. So now we're talking, okay, sternum there. The, the point I make, and this sounds really simplistic, Smithy, but, but these sports are played by people of all shapes and sizes. So you can have, you can have, and they can be champions. Put Alan Langer up on the stage, and put him next to Nelson Asifa Solomona, and you're asking me, like if it was rugby league, you're saying you've got to hit below the sternum of Alan Langer, and you got to—it's quite easy to hit Nelson Asifa Solomona below the sternum because he's he's seventeen foot tall. But I'm saying we play in all shapes and sizes. I think you're complicating the issue. Just leave it at. Neck and neck and head are out of bounds. You do if you if you strike them there penalty. I don't think it needs to be any different to that. We've changed the law on shoulder charges. Fair enough. We're adapted to that. I don't think we need to go any further. Personally, how do you reckon the put on report system would go in rugby union? Oh, well, well, I mean, we're entertaining sin bins now in football, like in soccer. Mm. Um, put on report, well, well, of course it can work, but it, it is a parachute for your officials to, you know, just a bit of, you know, neither here nor there. You get placed on report mm. and, and free interchange and all the rest. Sometimes you wonder it's just, just for theatre. It's just like, oh, we'll put him on report and 
uh, we move on. Um, not, not the biggest issue whether they go with that, um, but anything that involves an absolute penalty um, for, a, for a major change in the laws they need to think, everything comes with consequences. Right, and just uh, finally, we need to, uh, Warriors fans who uh, don't go to sleep throughout um, the off-season are very interested to know about Kurt Capwell. So I'm, Capewell, so am I. What's happening? Yeah, no, I think it'd be a terrific signing. I really do. Um, Kurt Capel, everything I'm hearing, I think he will land in the Warriors' lap. Um, and, and it's simply, look, Brisbane have had an amazing year, but with success comes upgraded contracts with younger players. And, and you know, they, they, they've got a host of them that now demand um, significantly bigger paychecks. And the Cowboys experience that as well. Now, it can be good and bad at that. You know, you, you hope that they still train as hard when they suddenly go from, you know, a salary that gets three or four times more. But a player like Ezra Mann, literally Smithy, now warrants mm. three times to four times more than what he's been on. <laughs> so, so, so Brisbane know that, and they don't want to lose him because he could be their number six for the next decade. So, mm. Because Adam Reynolds ain't going to be around forever. So they need some stability in their halves. They can't lose both. Reynolds has got another year to go on his contract. Um, but that's just the way it is. That comes, and, and Penrith have experienced it. They've won three premierships, but... You know, more players go, Matt Burton, Stephen Crichton and others along the way. They do have to leave the club. So Kurt Capel, at his age, will be squeezed out. But don't feel as if, you know, the, the Warriors are getting someone secondhand squeezed out of a club because he's on the way out. I think he's a very good footballer um, and will be very good for the Warriors. He's very much along the lines of your Michael Luck and your Kevin Campion. There's total pros every club needs. And the Warriors have a history of those players that have helped them out greatly. And I think Kurt Capel can be the next in that line. OK. Uh, we were going to try and catch you, I think, last week too on uh, the Michael, Michael Maguire um, situation here with the Kiwis, but also yeah. uh, the rumour about um, <coughs> Wayne Bennett. Would you have known anything about that? Well, it's more than a rumour. He's absolutely put his hand up. So you've now got a very difficult decision to make. If For those in the camp who thought conflict of interest, okay, that's one point. But if you also were against an Australian coaching the New Zealand team, well, you've got a really big decision to make right now. Because if there's a better, if there is a better candidate than Wayne Bennett, if he puts his hand up to coach, if New Zealand reckon they can find a better candidate than Wayne Bennett, show me, prove it to me. Because I'm telling you, there will be no better candidate. So if Wayne mm-hmm. Bennett's putting up his hand, and you know you get, he, he is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Some will put him up as the greatest. And he's offering to coach you. And you turn your back on that? I, I'm taking Wayne Bennett. I, I would have kept Michael Maguire, but now that that's all, we've moved on from there. If Wayne Bennett's available, mm. I'm taking Wayne Bennett. Wow. Okay. Well, that would be great news if that comes to pass. Uh, fantastic to catch up with you after a long period of time. Uh, Vossi, you're sounding well and alive and uh, upbeat, and uh, it's cool. Uh, we look forward to David Warner <laughs> sticking it up, Mitchell Johnson, maybe. Yeah, the cricket, cricket gets ramped up. Um, we've got the Big Bash starting. We're 10 days away from the first test against Pakistan. The Who Cares Cup, the T20 series against India, finished overnight. India won that 4-1, um, so bring it all on. Bring it all on. Okay, Vossi, thanks for your time, mate. Have a terrific week. You too. Cheers, Andrew Voss out of Sydney there for us, folks, uh, of course, and uh, with his thoughts there, yes, well, Capewell, Capewell, Warriors fans, that sounds good, doesn't it? And Wayne Bennett, that's uh, two very big moves that uh, would benefit league in this country. 
quite markedly, you think. And it's 11.19 here on SCNZ. Uh, we've got plenty of text to read out as well, so we'll be back shortly.